0: with the start of a new school year and we really appreciate your taking the time out this evening to join us. Uh, We have a really great lineup of speakers tonight and we'll be showing you some clips from the upcoming documentary, The Principal Story, which is brought to you by POV, one of our um, long-running uh, programs on, documentary programs on PBS, so um, we're very excited about tonight's event. I think it'll be great for everyone. Uh, before we get into the content of tonight's presentation, I'm going to ask my generous co-moderator, Steve Hargadon from Classroom 2.0, to give everyone just a brief introduction to illuminate so that everyone knows how to use the various features that we'll be incorporating into tonight's event, so Steve, thanks so much for being here, and if 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 you would uh, go ahead and and show folks the ropes, that would be great.
1: Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Sure glad to be with you tonight. So you are in an Illuminate session. This is a teaching and learning platform, and you'll notice that there are a variety of icons and options for you. Um, You'll see at the top that there is a red uh, X and a green check mark, and we're going to go ahead and change those. Those are polling indicators to uh, A, B, C, and D. those are ways of indicating a response, Uh, and I think there's a question coming up in the show when you'll get a chance to respond. Below that you see the participant window, and you can see the other people who are listening to the show. Um, You can, uh, below that, you can actually send a message in the chat area, uh, either to the general group or to individual participants. If you send a message to another individual participant using the drop-down box, just be aware that all of the moderators do see those uh, actual messages. And if for some reason you're having trouble with the sound on your machine or trouble hearing, you can uh, turn, uh, you can click on the little telephone handset icon that's in the audio box, and that will allow you to connect through a telephone bridge. It um, looks like uh, we may have one or two people who are having um, slow bandwidth, and that's another way to, to actually hear the show. So this is our way of uh, letting you participate right off the bat. Here's a map of the world. And to the left of the map in the icon area, you'll see a little wand with a red star at the end. And if you click on that and then click on the map, you can let us know where you're listening from. It's also a lot of fun to put your uh, location and the weather in the chat area. Kind of give a shout out for where you are, what time it is, and what the weather is like. And I think it's no surprise this is a North America-centric audience tonight because of the nature of the show. So let's quickly switch to the next slide, which lets you actually do the exact same thing, but with some more precision in the U.S. So let us know where you're listening from. And wherever you're from, we're delighted to have you here with us tonight. So I'm going to turn things back to Jenny and let her kick things off.
0: Great. Thanks, Steve. Um, Just a couple other sort of notes about um, the the event before we get into it. One is um, that we will be showing video during tonight's event. We um, do our best to do this using formats that are easy for everybody to watch, but um, invariably we have someone whose connection speed is slower and doesn't get to watch the whole clip. Uh, please rest assured that if you don't get to watch the entire clips tonight, they will remain available. The whole um, event is being recorded so you can access them through the recording, but they've also been um, posted to YouTube. So we'll provide you with the URLs for all of the clips. Um, but while Uh, you're listening, please go ahead and make sure that the audio is, the volume is turned up on your computer so that when we do play the clips, um, you'll be able to hear them hopefully. The other note I wanted to share is that Um, At the very end of tonight's event, we will launch a survey asking for feedback, and if you're interested in receiving a letter um, to confirm your attendance at tonight's event that you can share with someone in your school or district uh, to get professional development credit, then please be sure to fill out the survey and indicate in the appropriate box that you'd like to receive a letter confirming your attendance, and we will send that out um, tomorrow or shortly thereafter. Without further ado, tonight's event uh, just focuses on an upcoming documentary from POV called The Principal Story, which features two principals who are having a really remarkable transformative effect on two schools and and we're very lucky tonight to have um, a great collection of folks with us we have um, Eliza Licks from POV who's going to tell you about that documentary series and the educational resources that they make available to complement all of the films in their series we have David Murazik who is one of the filmmakers who's going to talk about uh, how the project came about and um, and some of the things that he learned in the process of making the film then we're joined by Carrie Purcell who's one of the Principles featured in the film, and Whitney Kim, who is a um, speech pathologist who works with Carrie in her school, and they're going to tell you some of their experiences uh, at Harvard Park Elementary and what they've learned over the process of the last couple of years as they've tried to perform, to, to, to transform this school. And then Eliza's going to come back and she'll be joined by Ann Llewellyn, who's going to talk about a great collection of uh, outreach and educational resources that have been created to complement this film in particular. And then, last but not least, we'll open it up to Q&A. But don't feel like you have to wait until the very end to ask your questions. Steve and I will be um, collecting questions that people ask over the course of the next hour um, and make sure that we do our best to to raise those questions during the Q&A period. So please, yeah, as as Steve just said in the chat space, please use the chat window there to to ask questions as we go along. Um, So, I'm now going to um, turn it over to Eliza. Who is going to tell you a little bit about POV and um, and welcome you to tonight's event? Welcome,
2: Liza. Thank you, Jenny, and thank you, everyone. I'm really honored to be here with you tonight. And actually, before we start, I would love to get a better idea of who is here with us tonight. So, if you guys would just choose your role, um, the letters again are up on the top of the screen, and if you could just. That. and I think Steve's is going to help me out with getting the data on the screen.
1: As soon as you are ready, I will put the results up on the screen.
2: Yeah, I, I sure. Okay, wow. Well, that's great. Now Steve, if you could switch it over to the check mark and the X mark, because I actually have just a couple other questions for the folks in our audience. Um, One is, how many of you are familiar with POV? And if you are, would you choose the uh, green check? And if not, uh, the red X? That's great. Okay. (laughs) And for uh, those of you that are just curious if you have ever used POV resources in your work, Um, again, just a green check if you have, red X if you haven't. Okay. Well, um, for those of you who who haven't or aren't familiar with POV, um, that's great, because that is part of the reason why I'm uh, here today. POV is Public Television's annual award-winning showcase for independent nonfiction films. We're currently in our 22nd season, and every year we receive close to 1,000 submissions. Some independent filmmakers that are narrowed down by a rigorous selection process to 14 to 16 slots that air on PBS. Tuesday nights from June through September with specials throughout the year. As Jenny mentioned, we create a companion website for every film on the series that houses a number of interactive features and educational resources, including lesson plans, discussion guides, and uh, delve deeper, which are a list of additional uh, resources. And at the end of the webinar, I'm going to walk you through our site and show you how you can access all of these resources, including the principal story. Uh, POV films are known for their intimacy, their unforgettable storytelling, their timeliness, and their ability to put a human face on a contemporary social issue. And to give you a better sense of our series and the quality of the films that we program, I'm going to play you a reel, uh, which tends to be slightly more engaging than me just explaining it to you. Um, it runs for about two minutes, so here we go.
3: What a you you
2: Um, okay. Well I am now um, pleased to introduce David Moreza, who along with Todd Lending, produced and directed the Principal Story, which we are thrilled to have as part of our series. Uh, the principal story will premiere on POVN September 15th, and I will be back at the end of the webinar to show you how to access our material.
4: Thanks a lot, Liza. Uh, I'm really pleased to be here to talk to all of you about uh, this film. We're here because um, a couple years ago the Law Foundation through research that they funded discovered that next to teaching, principal leadership is really the most important thing that will effectively uh, bring about really good teaching and, and instruction and learning in in public schools especially in in challenging public schools and instead of simply finding funding more research or um, some programs to try to uh, very good programs to try to um, Create more effective principal leadership. They decided to fund a documentary, which is something they don't—they don't do. They're not in the business of doing. And Todd and I were um, fortunate enough to uh, basically win the grant based on a proposal we made to them. They put out a request for proposals to a number of filmmakers. Um, they wanted to bring to a general audience the realities of what it is to be a principal in the 21st century, especially principals of low-income, uh, tough schools. And they wanted to show what effective principal leadership looks like and how it can really increase, um, you know, not only increase test scores but can can really, obviously, can teach kids and. Much more effectively, and the one thing they realized was that effective principal training programs just there aren't enough of them across the country and um, in districts across the country that we're just not training our principals to deal with the realities of, of what they face day in and day out. So, Todd and I were fortunate enough, after meeting many principals, to um, to meet both uh, Dr. Teresa Dunbar, who's not here tonight, and Carrie Purcell, who is here tonight. Um, Carrie um, taught at an elementary school in Springfield, Illinois, Harvard Park, and Teresa Dunbar teaches at K through 8 elementary school in Austin, uh, in West Chicago. We spent. Um, Basically, the school year following the two of them around, and they they basically they let us into their lives. And this film would not have been possible had they not trusted us and let us film just about everything that made up their day. And to me, I had no idea what it what principals did day in and day out compared to when I was. In school i mean the one thing wallace one of the many things Wallace wanted to point out is how the role of a principal has changed it's It's changed a whole lot from you know a a gym teacher becoming a principal um and you know basically managing a staff and and not really doing a whole lot else i mean it is today you've got to be an instructional leader that's what it's all about being in the classroom and working with your teachers, empowering your teachers and and making sure that Teaching is happening effectively, and we're following Carrie around. We would start out with one thing in mind that we were we were going to film this particular thing, and then boom, she'd be off and running. She was like a shark; she would never stop all day, just from one thing to the next. And it's like that every single day. And um, we were really pleased to be able to have this on POV to bring to people. What the incredible job that principals do every day, and it's um, it really is to me the hardest job. I mean, people talk about you know Fortune 500 companies and being a CEO and and uh, all the responsibilities you have. The principal, a principal is essentially saving lives. They're saving kids' lives through education, and um, I am honored to introduce Carrie Purcell. And uh, one of her teachers from Harvard Park, Whitney Kim.
5: Thanks, David. Thank you, David. We're really glad to be here, um, and we hope that our time together tonight will um, at least leave you all with with one good idea or um, sort of one aha. Uh-huh. Um, what we realized is what we did at Harvard Park wasn't perfect, um, but. We learned some really, really important lessons along the way. And um, the the quote that you see on your screen right now um, really was what drove my work and what drove our work um, as a school family. Because, you know, what we all know Um, is that our country right now is really depending upon schools to make sure that we really, really prepare our kids for the 21st century. And um, we found that that this was extremely hard work because um, it was hard work. And um, we realized early on, right away, that if we were really um, going to change the world of our children, we had to do really whatever it took um, to meet the needs of all of our children every day in, in every classroom. Um, sort of against all odds. So, um, David, I'm wondering if you can sort of uh, set up this first clip for us uh, showing, um, you know, Harvard Park kind of at the beginning outside. Sure,
4: sure. It's fairly brief. Basically, this first clip is very early in the film, and it's a brief introduction on where Harvard Park was when Carrie began as a principal and, and where they've come.
3: So
5: um, that clip sort of gives you a feel of um, Harvard Park and who who we are and what we stand for and what we stood for and and what we realized right away is that. Um, promises really are just that they're just promises until you have a plan and it takes a leader to sort of set up that vision and that mission and and to help the teaching staff and the staff in general really execute execute um, that plan. And there were some things that we did um, deliberately early on to sort of get this ball rolling and to get us really on the right track of our journey. So, Whitney, can you kind of share some of those things that you saw from the teacher's perspective that we did to kind of help with this? Sure. Uh, when I came to Harvard Park about six years ago, um, I saw a large group of teachers who only wanted to do what was best for the children and they knew that change needed to happen. We were just unsure of how to begin such a daunting task. We came to us um, with the realization that our work would be very hard, but kept our goals in mind that we would be successful and do what was best for the children. And a lot of time clearing our plates of uh, things that had been in place at school that were not having an impact on student achievement, and it really instilled in us that our journey. Was going to be a marathon and not a sprint, and that we just needed to
3: work harder and harder.
5: So we thought it was um, worth putting up this visual. Um, and for those of you outside of Illinois, um, ISAT just is our um, state test that um, we we take. Um, and what you'll see by looking at this graph is the yellow. Um, indicate sort of where we were when we started this journey um, together and the green shows uh, where we ended and what is is most interesting to us as a school family is that while, um, the low income was on the rise, so were our test scores. And um, we really didn't feel like this happened um, magically um, and it really didn't happen overnight. Um, and the reason we feel as though we got these results, or at least one of the reasons, was we really used the data um, from the beginning of our journey together to really um, create a vision and a mission that um, was achievable um, yet rigorous um, and was going to help our children um, not only succeed on this test but but also in in life. And we all know this to be true. Um, what the research says is that leadership is really second only to good classroom instruction um, and, and these two factors really contribute
3: to, to student
5: success. And, and what I had to realize and, and what I learned through my training um, and through mentoring and coaching that I received along the, lo- uh, along the way, that it really isn't about um, managing the building, but it's really about leading. And to really overcome the hurdles that, that we had um, to face day in and day out, it had to be inclusive of all stakeholders, um, meaning staff, students, parents, community members, and not exclusive
3: to just so, um David would
5: you mind setting up the second clip please? sure
4: this this next clip briefly introduces how Carrie and her teachers proactively use data in their uh, in their teaching strategies
0: This one isn't auto loading, so it looks like people will have to press play on your own machines to get it to play, so if everyone could do that now, that would be great.
5: Um, sort of showed this crazy goal of mine that that I had, and that we had as a school family of this whole idea of ninety five percent. And not only did we want ninety five percent of our kiddos to be um, successful on assessments, but we also wanted ninety five percent of our. Um, students in attendance every day, 95% of our families involved. Um, so this was a big and lofty goal for us. But um, while we didn't get there, we really feel as though um, we made great strides. And we did that um, in in big part because we were data junkies. We really didn't make any decisions without taking a good look at the data and really disaggregating that data and pinpointing those those kids or those pockets that needed extra support. And then we really worked to um, be strategic in how we offered them support, um, be it putting more money into a particular program, reallocating our time. And and probably most important of all, really looking at the talents that we had um, in the building with our staff and and using those people creatively um, to effectively impact students. Um, And and from there, we really uh, were strategic in terms of setting short-term and long-term goals Sort of surrounded by this instructional focus that we had, Uh, and Whitney had had done some really really creative things in terms of how she used her expertise to support um, early intervention. So, Whitney, can you kind of address that a little bit? Sure. Uh, We realized that we wanted to focus some more efforts and resources on some of our younger learners, uh, so that those students. Would be at grade level early on in their careers, and hopefully that would then carry them through the rest of uh, their school career. With that in mind, uh, we used some financial resources, as Carrie mentioned, and we added a fourth kindergarten classroom so that we were able to have each. So each classroom had between 12 and 15 students, and the teachers and the support staff and the administration felt that was a very optimal number for uh, teachers to really uh, know their students and do everything they could to support them. Carrie was always open to ideas on how to use uh, the support staff more efficiently so that we could reach a greater number of students and weren't focusing on just a small number here and there. So with first support, I was able to go into the kindergarten rooms and support the curriculum of those students um, by working directly with them. But also just model some important language type skills for the teacher so that they could then implement those all day long with their students and hopefully do uh, some skill building with them as well but we're very pleased to find out that our kindergartners uh, in the year 2004 to 2005 at the end of the year we had 39 percent of our students kindergarten students at benchmark on the dibbles and by the end of in thousand eight, we had seventy four percent of our kindergarten students at smart. So we did a great deal of practice about using those um, prevention strategies. what we um, learned early on is we were doing too much catch up, and so we were trying to be. Um, Proactive instead of reactive, and um, at first that decision was met with a little bit of dismay among um, the intermediate teachers. But as they saw those children moving up through the grade levels, um, they were able to see the positive impact that that reallocation had. So that's great, um, and and so really, these what you see on the screen now are some of the other ways that um, we worked to. Um, to the and our staff, and um, to offer collaboration. And I think David, you have a clip um, that kind of shows this.
4: Yes, this is uh, this clip briefly illustrates how Carrie builds leadership within her teaching staff.
3: we
5: The, the theme that you saw um, just now was myself sitting with a group of teachers, and that was sort of common practice for us. Uh, the 60 minutes of collaborative conversation each week that you see on the screen right now was sort of the mandate that we decided to commit to as a school
3: um,
5: in terms of bringing grade level colleagues together to look at data to make decisions based around data. Um, But but that was not the only thing that we did to ensure that we were building capacity in our teachers. Um, One of the things we started right away was an instructional leadership team which was made up of lead teachers at um, each grade level and each department so that we could take a look at data as it connected to our instructional focus and make decisions around that. Um, we also realized that the expertise lied within our building and not outside the building. And so we used the experts within our building to provide professional development to our staff, um, both teachers and non-teaching staff, so that we could all um, increase and enhance our instructional strategies that, that we were using every day with kiddos. Um, in addition, we really I, I was really blessed to have control of my title budget. And so I had quite a large sum of money that I could um, use at my discretion. And one of the things that we decided to do with those those dollars was to purchase in-house instructional coaches who actually provided um, on-site just-in-time PD to my teachers. Um, Also, we we made a real commitment to um, making the most of our time and teaching bell to bell. And we really focused on delivering the core curriculum and then um, one of the more recent things that we did was really take a look at response to intervention and how to provide um, that double and triple dosing that that our children needed to um, get to grade level as quickly as as they could because um, what we knew is that the the, the clock and we had to do whatever it took to help our kids succeed and this was one of the strategies that we felt was really, really effective. All of these uh, things that Carrie just mentioned really had a direct impact on uh, the way that we were teaching and the way that our students were learning, and having conversations with students about why they were doing what they were doing, and it really put uh, the importance of what they were learning on them, so they knew the reasons why uh, they were what they were doing, and we made sure that. Every lesson that we delivered was delivered with integrity, and that it related somehow to student achievement. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some groups that uh, developed for util- or we developed, it utilizing our data for the students that were maybe lacking one or two important skills. And uh, we had all staff members in the building responsible for implementing those uh, prevention groups. We had regular ed staff, classroom teachers, other classroom teachers. The special education staff, title, we thought of the children our children. So anyone in the building might be called upon to lead a type of intervention group if they felt um, they could look at. Collaborative conversations really gave the teachers and the support staff, because we were all involved with the teachers in those conversations, the chance to really look closely at the data at each grade level and then what our next steps are going to be with our student learning so that's you know sort of the the um, big ideas of what we did in-house but um, again very early on in this this journey we realized that uh, we had to look outside the walls of the school and really start thinking about okay so how can the families really support this so um, David if you could show the clip um, of how we, we thought about families
4: and engaging them at Harvard Park, that would be awesome. Okay,
1: let's see it. Okay, I'm going to try and load the video this time, and I'm hopeful that we that everybody will see the correct clip. So let's uh, go ahead and give this a shot, and then let me know in the chat if you're not getting the correct video. Okay, and I can tell you for sure, for some reason, I'm not getting the correct video, but I'm not quite sure why that would be. uh, The URL shifts and goes to a different video. uh, It's like it forwards to a different um, URL. So I apologize. I don't know why that would be taking place.
0: Steve, folks should be looking at um, POV clip four. So um, that URL. URL that you've just loaded over to the right-hand side of that screen, there's a link for POV video clip 4. The
5: car driving down the road.
0: Steve, do you see that where it says POV, the principal story, clip 4, over on the right?
1: So now I've clicked on that. Is everybody getting in? Looking yeah. good.
3: Yes. Yep.
5: So honestly, um, the, the scene that you just viewed um, was the culmination of what we realized was the tipping point for us. Um, it really showed how we changed from "We can do this alone. We have all the answers." to "What in the world are we thinking? This job simply is just too big for us." Um, we knew. Um, um, while it's really important that families just get their children to school, um, we knew that it had to go beyond that and that it was our obligation and um, our commitment to giving parents um, the skill sets that they needed to um, help us as best as they possibly could um, at home. Um, we realized like all of us, that if we had the tools to use in the toolbox, we would be using them, uh, and because so many of our families didn't, um, we had to make sure that the family events that that we did host, like the one you saw in the clip uh, around ice night, um, ice at night was a way to give our families at least one strategy to walk away with to empower them to to help and support us. And um, this was something that evolved over time. In fact, my first year there, we had a spaghetti supper for um, food for 400 people plus. And uh, we ended the night with food for 400 people plus. And that's how um, sort of dismal it was. Um, and, and Whitney um, was there to sort of see this transition. And I, uh, we think it would be interesting just for you to hear from first perspective on um, what she saw change and evolve over time. Um, our family involvement just really evolved during Carrie's years at Harvard Park. It really began slowly with all of us, like Carrie said, realizing that we had to have the support and the trust of our families. We needed them to trust us uh, with their children and to know that we're there for their children. Um, as we did with our students, we emphasized a lot of positive initial contact with our families and the teachers.
2: Uh, first contact we made
5: with every family member was a positive contact. And I think that definitely helped to uh, kind of bridge that gap a little bit with them. And we really went from having events where uh, the majority of the Harvard Park staff were in charge of uh, a lot of the activities to really turning that responsibility over to our families. And they just really took that and they ran with it. They became invested in their school. Feelings that they had transferred to their children, and so sort of the lesson learned from that, along with um, everything else that we did, was this whole idea about relationships, because really. Um, as, as you all know, nobody cares what we know until they know that we care, and so that was really the mantra that we um, sort of stood on as we we went through this journey together. Um, we worked very hard. Um, to promise to commit to this whole idea of 7 to 1, that folks need 7 positives for every one sort of push or negative that we give them. Um, That was how we dealt with one another. That was how we dealt with our children and that was how we dealt with our families. as you can see from the data that we showed you early on in the presentation, we we feel like we got some really really great results. Um, and and what we know um, are just these few big ideas that we sort of uh, lived by and, and really believe in. That um, great leaders are those people that work on relationships, um, but they also lead with a clear focus. Uh, that they don't make decisions around what they feel, um, but rather um, they make decisions based on facts. That's why we were so committed to looking at data. Um, From that data, great leaders set goals. Um, And and this next one is one that kind of gets pushed off the side every now and again, but great leaders deserve support because this is a pretty lonely job. And um, While many of us had really great uh, college courses, you have to have mentors and support along the way uh, to help you sometimes keep focus on the focus. Um, And and great leaders can't be afraid to build capacity in their staff. They have to relinquish um, the power that sometimes they feel that they have and and give it to their staff and let them run with it. Uh, And they also have to engage all stakeholders, meaning the students and parents and the community. Um, and, And we just put this last slide up here because it just sort of summarizes what we feel. Harvard Park that it's not about this me work that it really is about the we work and it's about really all of us working together um, to be a difference maker in, in the life of a child and um, that's what's most important to us. So um, we hope that that gave you a snapshot of a day in the life at Harvard Park and um, at, at this time I am um, honored to introduce Anne Llewellyn, um, the Principal Story Outreach Director, who is going to um, fill us in on some of the really great tools that we have available to us. Thank you so much, Carrie. I really appreciate um, all the information you have provided. Uh, my, my role in the uh, webinar is to describe the outstanding resources that support the Principal Story. And its national outreach campaign to promote professional learning, advance policy, and build public understanding around uh, leadership as a lever for school improvement, especially in our most challenging schools. Let me just move this slide. Um. Okay, and. Uh, the national media outreach campaign for the principal story was uh, developed by Outreach Extensions with in collaboration with the Wallace Foundation, producers Todd Lending and David Morazek, and eight national outreach partners. Once POV came on board as the broadcaster, uh, POV also became a vital outreach collaborator our purpose is to conduct a media awareness campaign to focus public attention on education leadership and the changing role of today's school principal in an environment of increasing accountability.
3: Um,
5: the campaign includes uh, vital assets and, and resources. Seventeen public television stations are participating in the campaign through outreach grants, creating local broadcast town halls, forums, and documentaries, as well as conducting screenings and discussions to find out whether the station in your community is involved and what they are doing, please visit Outreach Extension's website, www.outreachextensions.com. National professional associations are helping to reach policy makers and practitioners through conference events and, um, and screenings. Wallace Foundation, which commissioned the film and outreach campaign, created a rich microsite to make the project's resources broadly accessible. This includes all of the uh, outreach materials uh, that are on a video and print resources DVD. The campaign's uh, primary outreach resource for um, practitioners and policy makers. And we are now going to visit the Wallace foundation's website. And I will walk you through some of the um, resources that are that are on it. And you'll have to move your cursor to see the information. I don't have control of the screen. So if you just scroll down a little bit, you'll see carry in a car. And that will lead you to the uh, promo for the, the film. So you should take a look at that and it will give you an overview of what the uh, film is about. And if you move over to the right, You'll see a series of uh, different resources listed. At the top is the principal story homepage, which we're on. And then moving down, it says clips from the film, and this is 23 minutes of clips that were selected to assist practitioners and their trainers and mentors in reflecting upon and improving leadership practice. Four key themes relate to the role of the principal. In improving teaching and learning to benefit all children, and I should mention that all of the videos on the site were produced by Todd Lending and uh, David Mrozick, with the exception of one video of the NYC Leadership Academy, which you'll see in a minute. Um, The next item down is the Principal Story Field Guide, and uh, this is a professional development and discussion guide that was developed. By the National Staff Development Council to accompany both the documentary and the clip reel. Moving down, you'll see ordering information that will enable you to order a copy of the film. Uh, next is visit the Wallace Foundation, the Wallace's Knowledge Center, which is an incredible compendium of resources for educators that you'll want to explore. Then we'll move down again, and you'll see it says extra video resources. And all of these resources are also on the uh, um, video and print resources DVD. The first one says executive video. This is Leadership Matters, a call to action. It captures expert commentary by policymakers, educators and other thought leaders about why leadership matters and how states, districts, and preparation programs can better prepare and support school leaders to be successful. And uh, this has a conversation guide to accompany the video. Moving down, you'll see uh, vignettes and conversation guides. Uh, These are four vignettes and guides and they look at innovation in leadership training and support in states and districts across the country for information, training and replication purposes. You will find teachers, principals, superintendents, and other school per- personnel in the videos, which are around 10 minutes each. Um, the first one is Closing the Achievement Gap, Oregon's um, Bold Plan, which describes how Oregon is engaged in a statewide endeavor to train educators in effective leadership and teaching practices for a growing population of culturally diverse students. Uh, NYC Leadership Academy presents a principal preparation program in New York City. MIM, Making the Time for Effective Instructional Leadership, uh, presents a school administration manager project in Kentucky. And the last vignette is building a better pipeline to the principalship which presents the Sable Leadership Development Program in Atlanta, Georgia. So I hope you'll come back to the site to explore all of these different uh, resources as well as all of the resources on the Wallace Knowledge Center. And uh, this is the video and print resources DVD you see on the screen. Um, the slide lists all of the resources that you have seen on the Wallace site and that are contained in the video and print resources DVD. The DVD can be used in classrooms, schools, policy settings, and public presentations to extend the conversation about effective school leadership. And, uh, I should mention that Um, We have a very limited number of of copies of the DVD. Most of them have already been distributed through partners and stations. But if you send me your your name, title, and school information, and explain uh, why you want to use the DVD, or how you will use it, and how many people will benefit from it, then um, we will find out um, which ones that we can fulfill. Uh, my email address is A-N-N-E-L-L-Y-N at COX.net. Lisa, back to you.
2: Hi, thank you, man And I'm going to go as quickly as possible just to show you guys how to access uh, the POV resources. If you just go to our main page um, and then you scroll over to the right, you'll see a for Educators tab at the top of the page. If you hit that, it will bring you to uh, our lesson plan at the top. And you'll see that there's one for the principal story on the principles of leadership. Again, this is for uh, grade 7 through 12. And if you scroll down, you'll see that we have clips that are streaming and available for classroom use. And uh, if you go to the top of the page again and over On the left-hand side of the page, you hit lesson plans. You are able to uh, search through our plans by subject. Um, So that is another way to find the content. Um, And in order to uh, borrow our films, we have a lending library. So if you scroll Scroll over to the right hand side. Again in this move down, Uh, you'll see a link that will take you to our lending library, which has uh, over 40 films in it, including uh, the principal story will be there. And uh, below that is our community network. Where if you join that and then fill out an application, we will send you a copy of the film, and then you uh, just need to fill out an evaluation and send it back to us. You will also be able to access all of our um, all of the resources for the principal story on the POV principal story site, and you'll be able to um see the film for up to ninety days both on the POV site and on PDF. So I encourage you all to check out um, the principal story site um, which within the next week or so we'll have up the discussion guide. The lesson plan and uh, what we call a delve deeper, which is a list of related fiction and nonfiction books for you to uh, access. And I know that we are running out of time, so um, I just again encourage you all to tune in on uh, September 15th. So please check your local listings and um, remember to, if you can't see it on air, that you can see it online, starting the 16th.
0: Great. Thanks, Liza. Um, So I am going to just move us forward a little bit. I have a few slides here that I want to show. Then we'll launch the survey, which again, if anyone wants to get professional development credit for um, attending tonight's event, please be sure to let us know and we'll send you a letter of confirmation. And then, um, as I said, we would, Steve and I have been collecting a list of questions questions for Q and A, so if Carrie and Whitney, most of the questions are for you, if you wouldn't mind sticking around for a couple minutes, hopefully at the very end we'll have a chance to ask some of those questions, but I see you've been doing a great job of answering questions in the chat too, so I would encourage people as I'm going through these slides, if you have a question that you answered earlier that did not get answered yet. Um, Please go ahead and ask that question um, in the chat window. And Paul, in answer to your question, at the very end, after I go through this short collection of slides, we'll launch a survey. And if you fill in your information in that survey, we will send you the certificate of attendance. So um, just to let folks know, um, this whole event is being recorded. We'll have an audio and video recording. We will have um, a text of text uh, document recording the chat log and we'll have um, a portable video recording. The links for all of those will be available at both classroom 2.0 and PBS teachers uh, in a couple, in a day or so. so. Um, uh, My last slide will show you where to go for that. Uh, But before I get there, I wanted to make sure everyone knows that we have a lot of new and exciting events coming up in the PBS Teachers Live webinar series. We have a second September webinar where we're going to be premiering the latest program from the Jim Henson Company, um, which is a program called Dinosaur Train, focused on teaching early science skills. Uh, then on October 7th, we're going to be featuring Ken Burns, the National Parks, America's Best Idea, which is the new series from Ken Burns that's going to uh, be running for six nights starting on the 27th of September. So we hope you'll join us for that. We're going to be talking about digital storytelling and um, using geo spatial technologies in the classroom. On October 22nd we're going to have a site tour of the new and improved PBS teachers website where you can find all of the POV resources that Liza showed you tonight, as well as resources from all of our PBS and PBS Kids producers. And on November 10th, we're going to have a webinar focusing on a new program from, uh, a new project from Frontline called Digital Nation, which looks at how technology is changing the way that we live in the 21st century, and this is an exciting participatory project where they're looking for educators and students to tell their stories about how technology is affecting them. So I highly recommend going to the Frontline site and looking for the Digital Nation project for a terrific opportunity to um, share your story. Uh, If you're not familiar with PBS teachers, in addition to hosting these webinars, as I said, we have a website where we have thousands of Free standards-based resources that are created by our producers every time we air an on-air program. Uh, With very few exceptions, we also create classroom resources, that's lesson plans, activities, interactives, and video clips. They're available for you to use for free, so please visit us at pbsteachers.org. Uh, We've got a new set of resources called activity packs where we've taken our content um, and collected it around particular themes of interest to educators and packaged it um, as widgets that you can embed right on your school or class web page. Um, So if you, um, we recommend coming and checking out our collection, and if you find something you like, just click on the grab it button on the bottom right, and you can put that right on your page. The the widgets contain lists of PBS resources related to the topic, as well as activity ideas for use in classrooms um, for students grades 3 through 12. Uh, We have a community on PBS teachers where we have discussion boards, and we have um, there now a discussion board set up to uh, serve as a follow-up to tonight's event, so if you are interested in talking more about the events that were raised tonight, please uh, visit the community and contribute to that discussion. There's also discussions about all kinds of other topics um, across all subject areas and grade levels. Um, We, of course, couldn't do this series without the generous support of Steve Hargadon and the Classroom 2.0 community. If you're not familiar with Classroom 2.0, it's a thriving social network for um, educators interested in looking at practical applications of collaborative technologies in teaching and learning. So we encourage you to um, become a member of that community as well. Um, And we want to thank Illuminate for hosting the event. Um, They have uh, been incredibly generous in providing technical support as well as this platform for us. So we thank them. Um, Finally, as I mentioned, we will archive this as webinars. we do all of our webinars. So if you visit the PBS teacher's website or the Classroom 2.0 website, you will find links where you can access the recordings of tonight's event. So uh, we hope you'll join us. Um, there uh, to uh, to view the recording, to share the recordings with colleagues, and um, and also that will you'll join us later on um, this month for our next webinar on the twenty first. So that's it for me, Steve. If you would launch the survey, um, and then I, it looks like Carrie and, and Whitney are still answering questions. Um, if if people have additional questions, please feel free to put them in the chat window now. Um, And that way, hopefully, all of you with burning questions will get those answered. Um, And and before I forget, thank you so much, Steve, for helping to moderate. And thank you very, very much, Anne, David, Eliza, Carrie, and Whitney for sharing uh, your stories and resources with us. We really, really appreciate it. And um, I hope that all of our participants will take advantage of the great work that you've all done.
4: Thank you,
3: Jenny.
1: Thanks for everything that you've done. So Jenny, I don't have the survey link in front of me, do you? Uh, let me if see if you I can. No, no, I'll up. get it quickly.
0: I don't have it in front of me, so <laughs> I'll
1: get it. Don't anybody go away. <laughs> So a quick note to the moderators, please don't close that web tour window down, because if you do, it will close down for everyone. Thanks, everybody, for being here. sure enjoyed tonight's session. Uh, We will make sure that the good links for the YouTube videos are in the chat log, which we'll post in both the PBS Teachers and Classroom 2.0. That was a, a really compelling show. Sorry for a couple of the technical glitches.
0: Yeah, I apologize for the technical glitches as well. And I have already posted the good links in the chat window, so they should be there as part of the um, recording of this event. So please, uh, when, you, when you have a chance, um, visit Classroom 2.0 or PBS teachers and um, grab a copy of the transcript of the chat log and you'll see that I've posted um, the correct URLs which should take you to all of those clips so you can watch
3: them again.
1: So for those of you who are still hanging out, uh, I did want to mention that next week, I guess it's not next week, it must be the week after, I am going to be running a live Illuminate session during President Obama's address to students, um, both for uh, a little back channel chat and then for a post uh, address uh, opportunity for people to discuss with each other. And then just to let you know, um, coming up on some of my shows in the coming week uh, tomorrow, Uh, Manny Hernandez um, looking at Ning and Ning niche networks. Um, And then next week, Cheryl Nussbaum Beach looking at social networking and education. Jane Nelson looking at Parenting 2.0. And then um, a show on global awareness on Thursday. Those are all available at futureofeducation.com.
3: Steve,
0: I'm not seeing the survey up, and I've, I see that someone has put a request that you, you relaunch the survey, I don't know uh, what's, what's going on with that.
1: So it's still up on my screen. Sometimes if you click off the program, to click on another program and then click back to illuminate, you'll see the screen again. You better try and let me know.
0: Still nothing here, but hopefully other folks are having a chance to complete it, and since you put the URL in the chat window, hopefully folks can just click on that, and that will give them um, access to it so they can complete the survey in that way. Uh, your upcoming events sound really great. I'm, I'm psyched for a bunch of them.
1: I am, too. I, I just love this technology. Oh, and I should say, if you want to hold your own webinar, please email me, at steve.argonon.com. Uh, We're very interested in, in helping people use this technology for a lot of these fun professional development events.
0: It looks like, Carrie, you've done a terrific job of answering most people's questions. Um, and you know I, know, I know it's almost a quarter past the hour and I don't want to keep all of you uh, moderators or, or speakers here longer than you anticipated being here. So you should feel free um, to, uh, to take off when you are ready. Um, and uh, thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate um, everything that you all have contributed.
2: Thanks so much, Jenny, for everything and Steve. Yeah, thank you, Jenny.
4: Yeah, thank you, Jenny. Thanks to everyone. Thanks, Steve.
3: Carrie,
0: in answer to your question, we will share the the survey results with all of our speakers after tonight's event, so you'll be able to see um, how people responded.
3: Okay, good. Thank you. No.
1: Okay, so Lisa, if you've taken private notes, you should have an export option in your notes area. And it's the second icon in at the top. If you're asking about how to save what's in the chat window, you can go up to file, save, and save the chat conversation. So that's a good question, Lisa, because I don't use that feature regularly. Is Peggy still there? Doesn't look like she is. Um, maybe I'll do some testing here before I bump off.
0: Okay, going once, going twice, last chance to ask questions to our speakers. And then I want to really let them go for the evening. I'm I'm sure that there are, are lots of kids awaiting Carrie and Whitney's full attention tomorrow morning. So I don't want to keep them too late this evening. Okay, speakers, it looks like you're in the clear. Please, you know, as I said, feel free to um, to just, you know, exit the chat, or, or sorry, exit Illuminate um, whenever you wish. Um, I think, you know, you've done a great job, and, and we don't want to keep you much longer, so thanks again.
3: All right, thanks a lot. Thank,
4: Thank you. you. Thanks a lot. And thanks, David. Thanks, Carrie.